The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. How should we grade Matthias Norlander's season? Listen to this podcast and you will figure out how I graded it. Hello and welcome. This time I have the best hockey expert in the world with me, especially when it comes to SHL. And it's Anton Rosegård, of course. Who else would it be? Thank you, Anton. Oh my God, you are totally overselling my my uh, my knowledge in in hockey. But thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Ah, you're you're at least the, the the best one for me. So so it's it's as easy as that. Yeah, exactly. At least I'm here, right? I'm here to do a podcast. So. Yeah, well, um, we're here to talk a little bit about uh, Matthias Norlander's season. Uh, expectations were very very high uh, when when he got into the SHL, coming up from Modo. I wonder Europe. why. Yeah, but it was not only my fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like you have loved this player for two years, right? So The thing is, I think the expectations overall, we saw it from the journalists that we contacted ahead of, of the, the season as well. Uh, Roger Runberg, frontless coach, piled on quite a bit of, of, of uh, that pressure as well. Um, I think everyone was high on him. Unfortunately mm. for Matthias, he started out great. And, and was probably one of the two, three best defenders in SHL until November when he got injured in a national team assignment. Um, and, and let's face it, it, it didn't really help with, with the preseason he had as well, where he totally dominated different teams. Teams that are still in the playoffs, let's be honest with that as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Like, like It's difficult for a player. We, we saw that last season with him in Modo as well, uh, where the season kind of gets, I mean, you wouldn't say Joel because he played extremely well in Hockey Elsvenskan naturally, uh, but it's just difficult when the injuries kind of, you get these injuries and you're away for like two or three weeks or four or five weeks and it just keeps on like piling up so you don't get that momentum, especially for a young guy. You just needs to need to keep playing and especially what Roger Rundberg has said about Matthias Norlander and his playing style. He's that kind of defenseman who's allowed to make mistakes. Um, he's supposed to go forward and he's supposed to play with confidence. And obviously when you're playing and you may play a little bit hurt or you're just getting back from injury and you might not have that confidence that you get if you play 20 minutes for like five games, 10 games straight and you just feel like everything is just working out for you. Indeed, it, it really is. And especially the way Frelna plays as well, having a cycle where defenders are supposed to join quite down low and, and creating that space behind them which can be used by, by opponents, something that opponents did use after New Year's, more or less. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But but still, I mean, it was this rookie season in the SHL. Um, I don't know, like, I mean, obviously you've followed Matthias more closely than I have. Um, how, how 
how happy are you with this development this season? Well, uh, if you listen to this, you probably read the article already, but I graded him a B plus. First and foremost, he started out very, very well. Uh, it was it was a really, really good start of the season. He was selected for one of the minor tournaments, but still he was selected for the national team. Uh, it's a big thing for Matthias. He's the only other national team assignment he's had has been with the uh, world junior championships team and, and the under 20 team, as we call it here in Sweden, where he, he barely got to play. But here he was one of the defenders that was supposed to be playing a lot. He, he did that. And uh, in the end, he, he got injured in a freak accident, really. Uh, his shoulder got injured and, and he was out for four to five weeks, I think it was. And uh, then in one of the games where he came back, he, he injured his knee. And was gone for another four to five weeks. Um, obviously, I think uh, the knee injury was maybe the one that scared me the most because we all know what happens with with knees and and how fragile they are. Um, I think Matthias handled and Frenda handled this very very well. And uh, Matthias told me, and and if you have read that article as well, the interview, the the, the end of the season interview, a little bit, uh, where he said that uh, it took him quite some time to catch up to that level of, of play where he was when he got the first injury. He thought it would be easier, but in a, in a bigger league, in a, in a stronger league, it took a lot of time. Uh, he was very happy, though, because he felt like he reached another level in the playoffs, and that was very evident. Uh, there are different thought processes about this from me, and uh, but, but first and foremost, he, he led Frölunda in, in, uh, in the SHL playoffs. He had uh, five points, three goals, two assists. He led from lane goals as well. He was the fifth most used player in Frölunda. Uh, and he was minus two, fine. But in regards to the fact that Frölunda lost uh, to Jugorden with five goals uh, one, one night and uh, they lost four straight games to Rögle in, in, uh, in, in the quarterfinal, and most of them by three, three or four goals. So he has actually been kind of stable under those circumstances as well, defensively, which is something that a lot of people have put into question. And it's nice for him to go out on a high note. Obviously, uh, as we talked about, when you get these injuries and and you kind of like, you just want to um, at least end the season in a way that you can feel comfortable about going forward and especially for Roger Renberg as well. They know that they will have him for next season. And now he has already, he has played his rookie season. He knows what the SHL is about and next season he can come in and just not only, um, I mean, he was still a, a rookie in the league coming from Hockey Allsvenskan. So no matter how talented you are, it will be a leap. Uh, we see that from first round, uh, first round draft picks as well. Like, uh, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holt, that SHL is a difficult league to play in uh, consistently and perform consistently when you're a young guy. Um, so if he can go in um, with that confidence that he got from the playoffs now, I think it will be a nice uh, bit of summer training for him and then he can come back and dominate during the fall. It's, it really seems that way and it seems like Frelna is building that first pairing around him and what mm -hmm. I have to assume is Jens Olsson. Uh, the partnership started out last year very, very strong. Uh, 
then for for injury reasons and for players leaving to to NHL, um, Frelna tried a lot of different combinations, and I think that um, getting Norlinder together with Jonathan Sigalet uh, really wasn't the best case. Both of them are offensive minded. Uh, Sigalet has lost a little bit of his step. He's just retired, trying to focus on a coaching career in Canada uh, after he's left Sweden and gone home to Canada. He's actually also one of the interviews I've done uh, a couple of years ago for for uh, uh, for that kind of a podcast, uh, the Packdrop podcast. So so you could go back and listen to that if, if you're interested. But really, he, I didn't think that pairing worked, and I was surprised that they kept playing it. Um, Matthias Norlinder himself says that he's learned a lot from, from Jonathan Sigalet, but I, there were bounces going against them more or less every game. And I'm in that little bit of, of uh, camp where you say that, you know, you create your own luck, but that also means you create your own bad luck. And, and one has to wonder a little bit about Norlinder and, and Sigalet and, and why they were kept together for that long. In the, in the second round of the playoffs, in the quarterfinals, Jan Solson and Matthias Norlinder was paired together and, and it was from the best pairing. I was going to ask you, uh, since uh, Alexander Romanov has played quite a lot on, on the right side this season, can you see, because obviously Matthias Norlinder is at his best when he's played, uh, when he's paired with a guy who can take care of the defensive zone play more or less on his own, who he can rely on so that he can take one or two steps forward and join the rush, right? So I'm just wondering, can you see them as a good pairing for the future now that we know that Romanov can play on both sides? Um, I knew that Romanov could play both sides. Sure. No, sure. <laughs> all, sure. All, all the time. And anyway, if you follow Seska, you could see that. Uh, yeah. And, and Romanov in Seska uh, was really a libero, uh, for, to use the, the soccer expression or the football expression, mm-hmm. where, where he was a sweeper in that regard, that he could play quite deep and, and let the other four control the puck in the offensive zone. And yeah, I can see them play because Norlander can play both, uh, both sides as well. So mm-hmm. it could be a very, very interesting pairing. But you mm-hmm. have to, we've seen a little bit that Romanov has been used a little bit offensively uh, and you might have to cater to those guys needs depending on who's working best with whom and I think it's really important to find that chemistry uh, with mm-hmm. pairings and it's you, you look at it from 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 Montreal's perspective this year it doesn't seem that stable in, in those pairings either uh, from time to time if that's depending on injuries or, or, or just um, for, for, for natural other reasons I don't know but but it, it has been a mix and it was really a mix with Freund. And I think you saw it when in, in Modo, when um, Norlander played with uh, that Winnipeg player. So Toby Anstrom. Toby Anstrom, yes. And mm. uh, even if Toby was could, could join the rush as well, they had that communication that was non-verbal. They, they knew each other inside out. And I think mm. you, you need to, ha- when you have a, Especially someone like Eric Carlson, not, not that Norlinder is on that level, but but some defender that will join the rush. You need to mm-hmm. have a very good understanding from from the other defender that might sacrifice his own play in a little bit that to 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 get the team to play better. 
Uh, it would be very interesting. There, there is obviously because this season was not one of the seasons that Frölunda would like to 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 count in a way. Um, they're very very lucky. They finished seventh. They're still qualified for the Champions Hockey League because they are title holders. Um, but there is a lot of soul searching going on in Frölunda because after New Year's, the team imploded, and I think that it, it they will have to change their. Uh, methodology and tactics a little bit and uh, Roger Unberg is, is is a very open-minded coach and he will do that but the question is where do they go who do they look for for inspiration what can they figure out themselves and and it will be interesting to see Matthias Norlander um, and how he can fulfill the promise that 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 he really is um, and I think that uh, he will be one to to lead Frölunda next year. He speaks himself about adding a few other kilos. He felt stronger in the corners. He felt stronger be in front of the net. Uh, but I still think a lot will will rely on who will be his defensive partner. Mm. I th as I as I mentioned, uh, I graded him a B plus. I know not everyone would will, will do that, but he bookends the season with two national team assignments. He was. Frelda's best player in the preseason and in the start of the season, and he is Frelda's player at the end of the season. And I think that speaks for itself, and, and that's why I graded him the way I have. And that was also when he was, when we know he was injury free, right? So Indeed. during the season, and during the season as well, as as we talked about, he's he's twenty twenty one years old. Um, there will be low points in a rookie season in in the one of the five best men's leagues in the world, naturally. Of course. Um, and so, and yeah. the difficult thing that everyone points to, coaches and players alike, is that, um, and we see it a little bit with Romanov as well, to keep exactly. that consistent level that you need to be in that higher league. And, and you have to remember, Matthias Norlinder took it, jump up from one league to another. And, and it's necessary to see that. Um, but, but we'll see. It will be interesting. He looks forward to a summer training with Ferland. We know how ferocious they can be, right, Anton? Yeah, definitely. Um, so. We that's why Lucas Raymond will <laughs> he will benefit, and when he gets to Detroit as well. Indeed, and I, I know uh, to, to finish off this uh, segment and, and this podcast a little bit is that uh, Rasmus Dalin and I were speaking when he watched Ferland practice because all the NHLers. In, from from this region in, in around Gothenburg will be at Frölunda campus practicing an hour after Frölunda themselves, and, mm. and he looked at the Frölunda practice and I said I asked him, "Do you miss it?" And he was like, "Not really, because <laughs> it's super tough." But on the other hand, that is what prepared me for the NHL and, and made me adjust to the NHL with ease because the practices in NHL are easier.